Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. And it says, God hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter killeth but the spirit giveth life or maketh alive. And so we thank God for that because, you know, if we just have the letter of the law without the spirit of the law, the Bible says that will kill us, which means that every verse of scripture that you see on the pages of your Bible, or if you read it on your phone, every single verse that you see there is more to that verse that god wants to reveal to you because he doesn't want you to just be a minister of the letter but of the spirit for the letter killer and the holy spirit gives life and oh we need the life that the holy spirit gives so we thank god for the life of the holy spirit that enables us to grow in him and see the scripture and become all that god wants us to be you know many times many 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 times if we just although we have the letter we have to be sensitive to the holy spirit to get the best possible results a few months ago i was trying to reach out to a church relative but i just did not get the release to to talk to that person the way i wanted to and i know i needed to talk to the person but I wanted to say the right things to ensure I didn't lose maybe a one opportunity that I have. So I prayed and believed God for the best. And God, by his spirit, we talk about revelation. Deposited in my heart what I think he wanted me to say. And I can say to you that the opportunity went well, I mean, that situation went well, not because I am a a genius of such, but because I was able to communicate what God wanted that person to hear, and I prepared their heart to hear in that moment. So God hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter killer, but the spirit gives life. So even though we have the written word that we can approach some situation with from time to time, there are times when we still need the direction of the Holy Spirit on how to approach uh, situations to get the results that God intended that God wants us to get you see we can always approach some things in our own strength and you know declare how we're this kind of person don't take foolishness and this and that and all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day you destroy the sheep that you really should have been reaching out to and I'm not saying that people won't get offended and all of that but in light of second second corinthians chapter 3 verse 6 it is very important that we get the wisdom and direction of the holy spirit and some of those things that we are eager to to deal with
because God never goes wrong. He always knows how to lead us. There's a, another situation over in 1 Kings chapter 19 where Elijah was discouraged after challenging 450 Baal prophets. And of course, Jezebel heard about it and threatened him that she was going to kill him. And he ran away and told the Lord, you know, I, I want to die. I, I just want to die. Go home. We know that Elijah didn't really want to die because if he wanted to die, he wouldn't run away from Jezebel. That's what she said she was going to do. Nevertheless, he started to speak out of his flesh to God. And who, how we do that sometimes? When discouragement set in, we start telling God what is in the sense realm and all of that. So he's telling God, oh, I'm the only one that is left and you know they're trying to take my life. God gave him some revelation in that moment. God said, no, 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 you're not the only one left. In fact, there are 7,000 more that have not bowed their knees to Baal. And when Elijah got that revelation, it jolted him, it inspired him, and he was able to carry on what he was supposed to do in that moment. What I'm saying to you, the revelation from God that came to him inspired him. Sometimes we get to certain aspects of the journey in life, our walk with the Lord, and we need to hear from God. We need revelation from God to inspire us to take the next step because sometimes we feel like nobody else care. Nobody else is working as hard as we do. Nobody consider my needs and all that kind of stuff. God wants to speak to you about the next leg of the journey in your life. He wants to give you some revelation that cannot come from man so that you will understand that just as he said to Elijah, arise and eat for the journey is great. You'll understand that the journey is great and you cannot linger, you cannot loiter in that place of, of discouragement and depression. So, you know, God knows how to talk to us and, and to take care of us. And as I said before, divine revelation can be instantaneous or it can be progressive it is god's call as to how we reveal himself or reveal his word to you at any particular time you can't decide that i want some instant revelation today it's god's call but either way progressive or um instantaneous revelation it's still revelation from god still carries power and authority and carries the same weight. And once we receive it from the Lord, it will make a difference in our lives. It will have the impact that God intended for it to have. I want to share with you some different aspects of revelation. And I want to start out by sharing about general revelation. General revelation includes that which God has revealed of himself to all mankind. 
And in the category of general revelation, we first of all want to talk about revelation of the revelation of God in nature. Creation itself suggests that there is a creator. The trees, the, the, the fruit bearing trees, when you think about the fruit bearing trees and the, the other trees, when you think about the ocean, you realize that these things couldn't just happen without some, some organization behind it, without some force behind it. It didn't just happen. I mean, for the fruit bearing tree to continue to bear fruit, there must be something behind the whole idea. For the oceans to stay in place, generally speaking, we know that in things like tsunami, you can have unusual occurrence and all of that. But generally speaking, day by day, the oceans just sit in their place and don't overtake the, the habitation of man. It is just amazing how it happened. God set it up and, and put it in place. And when we look at that, we cannot deny that there is some power behind that working. There is the revelation of God that is at work, making things happen day after day. The, the birds, other animals, and just the general structure of all these things were created and operate speaks to the fact that there is a creator. And in Psalm 19, verse 1 to 6, we have some interesting verses there that I think speaks to the fact that nature is a part of God's revelation to man. And we're going to read a few verses there from Psalm 19, verses one through six. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, right? Day unto day utters speech, just one day to the next speaks loudly and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. You know, we even see our artists, singers, singing these words from the Psalms and making a, a lot of money because the whole idea of these things are true and resonate with man. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them, he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit to the other end. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. So we see there from Psalm 19, verse one, 1 through 6, we see where uh, creation, nature itself, speaks to the revelation of God. Then in St. John chapter 1, we see where the Bible says, oh, oh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by him. 
and all of that. It speaks to the revelation of God. Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So we see that he is the creator of the heaven and the earth. And the heaven and the earth, as we read in Psalm 19, uh, speaks volume to the creator, revelation of the creator, and bring us into a place of consciousness of the creator. And that is why a song like How Great Thou Art, when you go through the words of that song, and if you ever sit outside and look at the trees, the oceans, the mountains, whatever, just a rock, as you sing that song, you're bound to raise your voice when you get to how great thou art. Because as you sing those words, you see the nature of God unfolding. You see nature speaking loud little man as it relates to the creator. In the book, The Foundations of Christian Doctrine, it states that nature is God's book by creation. And it says that nature has a language and speech which may be heard in every nation. So it's not just our nation, but in every nation. While the revelation of God in creation speaks loudly, it is insufficient on its own in that God cannot be personally known through that. Creation points man toward God, the creator, but cannot reveal God, the person, to man. Right? It reveals the hand of the creator, but in terms of personal relationship with God, you know, nature cannot do that. Let's take a moment and look at the revelation of conscience, right? So we look at the revelation of God in nature. Let's look at the revelation of God in conscience. Conscience is defined as a knowing with oneself. It is an awesome thing to be able to follow your conscience. It is an awareness of right or wrong. Conscience is an awareness of right and wrong with a compulsion to the right. Let me just say that again. Conscience is an awareness of right and wrong with a compulsion to the right. So even though some people do the wrong, most times, if not all, if you look deep down within them, they resisted the right just to satisfy themselves. God created man in his own image and likeness with the faculty of conscience. This faculty is somewhat or was somewhat inoperative until the fall of man. Very interesting faculty. The, the violation of God's word activated conscience just as it activated death, right? So the devil did not really create death. Death was created before the devil existed. 
but death was dead. So when man sinned, and that's what God warned man about, when man sinned, he activated death. The very same with conscience. When man sinned, he activated conscience because before that violation, before the fall of man, man was programmed, so to speak, man was cultured on right. There wasn't any such thing in the first two chapters of Genesis as right and wrong. It was just right. But the fall of man activated conscience so that he could know right and wrong. In fact, it was the guilty conscience that drove Adam and Eve to hide from God when he was looking for them. So when God came down calling for them, they hid themselves from God. They never did that before, but the guilty conscience drove them to hide from God as he was looking for them. So it is important to understand that your conscience was given by God. Now, according to Paul, the Gentiles, though never, they were never taught the law, had the law written in their hearts their conscience also bearing witness. And we're going to read about that in Romans chapter two, verses 14 and 15. But this law inherent within man indicates the existence of a supreme lawgiver who not only place this law within man, but also hold him accountable to it. So conscience then is a revelation of God, the ultimate lawgiver. Let's read Romans chapter two. For then Gentiles who did not have the law by nature do the things in the law. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves. Who slow the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. So, as I said before, this law that Paul wrote about there is inherent in man and indicates the existence of a supreme lawgiver. How would the Gentiles ever know this and would be able to walk according to certain things without being taught in the law? Because every man have a conscience and the, your conscience is actually the voice of your spirit. So it is very, very important that we remember that if we're born again and our mind is renewed, your conscience is a safe guide. But if your mind is not renewed, then there are some folks that the enemy has compromised their conscience. Of course, there is still something in them that knows that there is right or wrong, 
but they have cultured themselves to settle with wrong as right. So very, very important to remember that our conscience was given to us by God. Let's look at the revelation of God in history. God is always involved in human history. This is not to say that he has caused or inspired everything that has happened in human history, but he has certainly intervened at, at different times to alter directions and to guide affairs and at other times to enable certain results. We have seen God's intervention in our nation, Jamaica, at different times in, in our history. And whichever nation you, you are right now, if you examine closely, you would have seen times when you see God's intervention in the history of the nation. God dealings are seen in the history of the nation of Egypt on many occasions. God caused the Assyrian empire to fall in Isaiah chapter 10. Then we see where God judged Babylon's kingdom according to a prophetic word. And, we, and in that we see the drying up of the Euphrates river and uh, the leaving open of the two levied gates by which the, 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 the soldiers entered the city on the night that the city fell in Daniel chapter one to five and Jeremiah chapter 50, we see those things. We know the situation with Jericho or Jericho fell. It was God's intervention in, in human life, in history that caused the fall of Jericho. So we have seen God's intervention in history time and time again. Now the history of Israel is one of the most remarkable revelations in history. We see how God took Israel as a nation from the midst of the nations, according to Deuteronomy chapter four, verses 34 to 40. And it was brought into conventional relationship with the Lord at Mount Sinai. We see God's intervention in modern day Israel on many occasions. We see where the revelation of God in the tabernacle of Moses and the Aaronic and Levitical priesthood, uh, the, the sacrificial systems of the Old Testament, the feast, and above all, the, the moral and civil laws given to them are all evidence that the unseen God was involved in the history of the nation. When after the fall of man and man was exposed to hopelessness and destruction, we see where God worked through the priest in the Old Testament to put a type and shadow of things in place so that man's sins could be covered. They couldn't be washed away, but be covered just to preserve mankind. We've seen the history of God throughout the nations, especially the nation of Israel. 
Though history shows us that there is an unseen God at work, history does not reveal the person of God to us, just like nature doesn't, just like, just, just like conscience, even conscience don't reveal the person of God. It puts us in a place of consciousness that there is a God, but doesn't reveal the person of God. History does not reveal the person of God either to us. So it is very important that we realize that these things point us towards God, but there is still yet the most important revelation of all that we need to engage and come in contact with. And we'll get that in a moment. General revelation is that which is available to all nations. All mankind has the general revelation of God in nature, conscience, and history. Spe special revelation of God refers to those acts whereby he reveals himself and his perfect will to specific persons. The spe special revelation speaks to things like miracles and uh, prophetic utterances. So God give personal miracles to reveal to you that there is a God. There might be a prophetic word, just like that word that came to Elijah that we spoke about in, in, in First Kings. There might be a prophetic word to shake up your foundation a little bit. A little bit. But the revelation of God in miracles and the revelation of God in prophecy are among the revelations of man's experience. And God wants us to have these experiences. But at the same time, we have to understand that the most important of the revelations is still to come. And that is the revelation of God in Christ. That is the most important revelation, the revelation of God in Christ. The revelation of God in nature, the revelation of God in conscience, the revelation of God in history, and also the revelation of God in the miracles and prophecy are all insufficient in that they don't reveal God's person or the person of God. But Christ is the sum total of the revelation of God, including his will, his nature, his person, his character. So to look at Christ is to look at God. For Christ is the express revelation of God in human form. That is why Jesus would say things like, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Because the revelation of Christ speaks to God. Reveal the person of God. When you see Christ, you see God, you see the Holy Spirit. And so all in all, it is very, very important that we seek the revelation of God in Christ, that we spend time with God, that we pursue God with all our hearts so that we will come into our fellowship and communion with God in a way that he will reveal more of himself to us day after day. This is why we pursue him. One of the things is that many people want the revelation of God. 
Many people want God to reveal himself to them, but they don't want to do anything. They just want to sit down and a vision appear or just wake up and something happen. And uh, they can go boast that they had a vision of angels and this and that. But if you want Jesus, if you want to uh, experience God in a real way, you have to seek him. This is why it is very important to spend time with the Holy Spirit, fellowship, spend time reading the word, spend time um, searching out the things of God so that you can understand him better and better with each passing day. God wants to reveal himself. And as I said in a, a previous session, we thank God for the teachers, the preachers, the prophets, those who speak the word of God, but ain't no revelation like when the Holy Spirit speaks into your heart. So I beg of you, even as we close out 2020 and look to embark on a new calendar year, 2021, we should do everything in our power to climb into new levels with God. We should seek him. We should set aside times of prayer and fasting that we can build relationship with him and have him speak to us the things that he would want to, to, to say to us so that we can see new dimension of God, that we can experience our God in a way that we can stand in the midst of the tribulations, testings, and trials. There is nothing like a word from God when you're going through the fire. When you feel like you're getting to the place of frustration, wanting to quit, there is nothing more revolutionary, more refreshing, more inspired than a word from God in those moments. I'm not, and I'm not talking about a prophetic word from a man. I am not saying God can't speak to you through a prophetic word. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about drawing something from the Holy Spirit into your spirit. And it can happen just through the worship experience, just through lifting your hands and honoring him, giving him praise, he will reveal himself. The revelation of God in scripture, the revelation of God in Christ is the revelation of the living word. That's the word that was made flesh. The revelation of God in scripture is that of the written word, the word inspired and recorded. So we have the living word and the written word, and we need both of them because it is more knowledge of the written word, the logos, that leads you into the rhema word, the living word. 
So the revelation of God in Christ is the revelation of the living word. That's St. John chapter 1, how the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Then the revelation of God in scripture is that of the written word. The word inspired and recorded. The Holy Scriptures was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And in them, we have revelation of the person of God. So when we get understanding and revelation of the Holy Scripture, we are getting understanding and revelation of the person of God. That's where we know, sorry, we know his character. We understand his nature. We understand his ways. We can say, no, that's not God because that's not our God, our, our, our God function. So the revelation of God in scripture is important, but it cannot happen without the Holy Spirit. It is crucial that we understand that the work of the Holy Spirit in this uh, New Testament that we live, New Testament time that we live, is not just to uh, speak in tongues and, and make noise. Of course, speaking in tongues is important and, uh, and absolutely critical, but that is not the only aspect of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in St. John 16 and verse 13 that the Holy Spirit guides us and leads us into all truth. So it is very important to spend that time with him and allow him to reveal the scriptures to us so we can walk in the understanding of the scripture. There's so many times that we're limited in our understanding of the scriptures and we quote things that we, we think are even in the scriptures that's not there. And that is because we don't take the time out to search the scriptures. What I'm saying to you, all that I'm saying to you is that if you don't know the scriptures, it's hard for the Holy Spirit to bring back anything to your, your remembrance. And if you study what is not the scripture, then the Holy Spirit cannot bring that back to your remembrance because he, just, he only reminds you of the truth of the scripture. So it is important that we study what the word says so that in our times of need, he can bring that back to our remembrance. Otherwise, you get yourself in a place when, we're, when, when God needs to bring back something to your remembrance, he can't because you don't have anything for him to bring back to your remembrance. Because for him to bring back something to your remembrance, that means it sh should be in your system. It's something you know. Let's look at the revelation of God in personal uh, experience. The revelation of God in personal experience is extraordinary. The disciples of Jesus had many personal experiences with him. One that comes to mind is the one on the Mount of Transfiguration in St. 
Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 through 6. And we're going to read that in a moment. It's where they had revelation, personal experience with God, like they could not get anywhere else. There is nowhere else, no, no, no school, no prophetic school or any church that could give them that kind of experience. It's personal experience with God. Jesus brought them into that experience. And let's read what happened there on the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew chapter 17. It says, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And that thing got a hold of Peter that he didn't even know what he was saying anymore. He was so caught up in that revelation. Maybe he thought that man, Jesus was as amazed as him because they were all experiencing this kind of stuff for the first time. So he was talking about building a tabernacle uh, for Jesus there. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased hearing. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. What an experience. When you have these kind of experiences with God, these kind of personal experiences with God, those are moments that live with you, that inspire you. It might not be that kind of experience that you have with God, but God wants you to have your own personal experiences with him. He wants every one of us, every single one of us to have personal experiences with him. And that is why we should seek him. Paul had a revelation of God through an amazing experience with God on the Damascus Road. He heard a, a, a voice from heaven, a light shone from heaven. I mean, he got out of that experience saying, God, what do you want me to do? Amazing experience. When we go back into the Old Testament, we see where men like Moses had that experience at the burning bush. Elisha, God wants us to have personal experiences with him so that nobody can talk you out of it. You know God for yourself. God desires to reveal more and more of himself through personal experiences with you, his children. Your job in this is to keep 
seeking him. Because if you seek him, you will find him. In Acts chapter 10, we see where Cornelius and Peter had personal experiences with God. That when the Jewish people came against Peter, he said, look, am I in the place of God? What do you want me to do? I mean, this is God's work. God does not want us to be ministers of merely the letter. We started out with this verse and we will end with it. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse six. God has made us abled ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. You have to examine your own life. What is in, what, what is happening in your walk with the Lord? Is it dying or is there life in it? God wants to give you revelation of himself that no man can communicate with you the way that he, God, is able to communicate to your spirit. And I believe that before the end of this year, some of you will come into those experiences as we progress into next calendar year and throughout more and more of us will come into more and more of those experiences where we will be able to say, I met with God. I heard the voice of the Lord. And so when we communicate with others, we're able to communicate life because life is in us. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at FCF Montego Bay.